Greetings, everyone. It is I, your debt-free degree expert, Dr. Treasure Shields Redmond, here to welcome you to the How to Find Scholarships podcast. If you're a busy parent of a college-bound teen and you want to secure top-tier education without massive debt, keep listening. Okay. What's your sister's name? Yolanda. Yolanda. Okay. And what's your name? You're Melissa. Yes. Okay. So yes, I see Yolanda. She's here. Let me let her in. Oh, okay. Great. I love that the sisters are supporting one another. Do you guys have kids the same age? No, we're, we're actually here for my nephew. Okay. Yes. For a whole other sibling's child? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all on top of it, honey. Yes, we're trying. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to get TT's baby into college free. That's what we're going to do. Amen. All right. Hi, uh, Melissa and Yolanda. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. I'm doing well. I'm doing well here in the mighty, mighty Midwest. I'm in the, You are both of you all in Chicago? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm down here in Fairview Heights, Illinois, not too far from East St. Louis. Okay. So yeah, Great. right across the river from St. Louis, that part of Illinois. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, tell me about this nephew. What's his name? You want to start first, Yolanda? Well, um, his name is Julian, and um, he is um, he is um, his scores. His test scores were not. uh, He didn't test well. He didn't test well. I think his SAT scores, I don't know if it was 700 something or if it was 600 something. I can't remember. Maybe 700 something. But his grades are decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's holding a 2.9. We had a, a 2.9 GPA at the end of his junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and he is um, classified as... Um, is it special ed, Melissa, or is it a different classification? So he has a learning disability. Mm-hmm. So it's an IEP. He does have an IEP. He is. Um, he has a learning disability. Um, I would say probably around like uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was reading or math, but he's he's greatly improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, We've worked with him. My mom, we've all worked with him, his dad. So my, my brother has full custody of him, my, my nephew. Mm-hmm. And my brother's at work. Um, he might be able to join. But um, so we all decided, you know, we've been helping him over the years. It's just been a family effort to help my nephew over the years um, just be the best that he can be mm-hmm. as himself. Um, he has a desire to be a graphic designer. Um, he also he, wants to own his own, he wants to design his own clothing line. Okay. 
Yeah. So he also has the, the, the desire to be an entrepreneur. So he wants to use this to fall back on, you know, just in case, you know, as a bachelor's degree or degree that, you know, things, you know, he has to kind of go into other directions or to support himself right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. not very motivated about college and we're hoping to change that. Uh, you know, he's, he just, he's not motivated by being in school. He wasn't mm -hmm. done with it, but um, so but we're pushing him to, you know, to pursue the college. Um, he, in terms of activities, this last last year we got him involved with um, the Chicago Urban League and with a program called Inroads. Uh, it it was um. It's a, it's a program at Inroads where they're 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 you know he worked on a they're, they're training young people for careers and okay. um, they have been working on projects you know research doing research on how to solve community and social issues so he worked on that last year he worked and he even, he even placed his team placed third place in a national competition oh wow. Um, that's pretty much been the extent of his extracurricular activity. He's not really involved in anything in school. He's part of this group called BAM, which is a is a, a, a group for young black men. You know, mm -hmm. support for young black men, young young black boys at the school. So that's what you're working with. So two point nine GPA. You know, his his yeah, low low SAT scores some involvement in extra activities outside of school. He was mm -hmm. working a job. He was working a job for most of his junior year, um, but he quit it towards the end of the junior year. Okay. Where was he working? Culver's. At where now? Culver's. Oh, Culver's, the hamburger spot. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, um, I'm not sure how you guys found me. <laughs> I found you through my friend. My friend, I have a friend named Yolanda Pinkney. Oh, yeah. Yes. She okay. referred me to you because her daughter is my godchild. Oh, so that's wonderful. My best friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so you're somewhat familiar with what I do, basically. Yes, a little um, bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm somebody who, uh, you know, is a Gen Xer. I'm 51. Mm -hmm. I was raised in Meridian, Mississippi. And um, if you recall about us born in the 70s, the parents weren't doing a whole lot of handholding. It was a very independent form of, of race. <laughs> yeah. Key around your neck and all that good stuff. So when it came time for me to go to college, they were just like, well, she didn't get pregnant. She didn't fall prey to the crack epidemic. So, you know, she must have it. And mm -hmm. the way I had it was to get a lot of loans. Okay. Uh, eventually I graduated from Jackson State University became a teacher this is back in 1998 and I met so many kids like me other black children they were college material but they didn't have the information and their parents didn't have the information mm -hmm. so I became the teacher who started you know giving people scholarships um, helping staying late to help families fill out the FAFSA and, you know, over a 20 plus year career, it professionalized into my business, which is now called How to Find Scholarships. Mm -hmm. So.
So the reason why families continue to reach out to me is because uh, the whole college thing has just become prohibitively expensive. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. There are people in six figures of debt. I'm now meeting parents who are still paying their own loans back and their child is 17. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you've had these loans as the, the length of your child's life and you're still paying them. Mm-hmm. So everybody is, you know, of course, not interested in their child getting in that sort of pain and shackles, you know, at all. And that's so fun um, that you mentioned that. Um, Dr. Treasure, because that is my nephew's, that's one of his issues. Like, I don't want to get in a lot of debt. He yeah, always talks yeah. about that. He always says that. I I don't want to get into a lot of debt. Is college is going to make me get into a lot of debt? Then I'm not interested in in, in going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Gen Zers, they are very clever. This is a special generation here. Yeah. They are very awake. They came here awake and wise. And they continue to be so. Mm -hmm. So uh, he should not have to get in all of that debt. He may not have been a perfect student with straight A's, but he's been a good kid, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. He he did what you asked. You said, don't go to the school, throwing up your fist, beating up the people. Don't have these teachers calling us, talking about, I don't know what to do with Drury. Um, and, and And he's a good guy. He's got a job. He's held a job. You know, he's a sweet guy. So yeah. why should he be in 20 years of debt? Like, I how agree. does that match? How's right. that a reward for doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, he's a I really think- good kid. Mm-hmm. He's a really good kid. He, all the teachers have nothing but excellent reviews about him. And every time we've gone to parent-teacher conferences, I they would say, I wish I had more students like Julian. <laughs> I wish I had students who participated and, you know, we're here to really learn and listen. So nothing but excellent information, you know, reviews from stu- from teachers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so, well, the first thing I wanted to ask was, uh, you know, in one of the first tasks you need to do as a senior is get the FAFSA filled out. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with that? Yes. The FAFSA. So whoever claimed him on their taxes has to sit down with him and fill out the FAFSA. And it opened two days ago on October 1st. Mm-hmm. Has has his dad, has he and his dad sat down and done the FAFSA? Well, we know that that's, um, we know that that's priority. And so Julian is aware of that. Um, his father is aware of that. And uh, he's gone to a seminar about it recently. Okay. So, uh, I the Chicago Urban League actually had, they were supposed to, I don't know if they did that this Saturday, but I thought they were supposed to sit down and do the fast. Oh, I, I don't know. But that is, um, that is a priority for him to get that done um, probably this week. Yeah. Okay, good. Because, you know, it's connected to a dwindling pot of money. The longer you wait, the less free money you could be eligible for. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you characterize his income as above 55K or below 55K? Like that, his household income? Above. Above 55K. Is it above six figures? No. Is he the only child? Yes. Okay. Okay. So um, 
Yeah, so you have to get the FAFSA done. There's this page on the FAFSA where you kind of tick off what colleges it gets sent to. And that's how the colleges send you financial aid awards. Okay. They receive your FAFSA. So okay. that is definitely a priority. And of course, you know, I can walk him through that. We can share our screen, just like I'm sharing my screen with you. They can share their screen with me and we can get the FAFSA done. Okay. And awesome. answer questions along the way. Um, after the FAFSA, um, you said that he didn't test well. Right. So, uh, hmm. I don't know. His school did the SAT. Yeah. Is he strong in math? Uh both he, of his scores, both of his scores were low. And he's he's in a very low percentile uh for both reading and math. In terms okay. of in terms of testing. But he did he does well, like, you know, I think junior year he may have gotten a I don't know, did he get a B out of math? I can't remember. Okay. Um, I'll pull up his. So it sounds like we probably need to work with the schools that are test optional. Yeah. Okay. So you know when the pandemic happened in 2020, there were lots of people who were seniors that year who had scheduled to take the SAT and the ACT. But if you recall when the pandemic first happened, we didn't know how it was spread. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want the teens in a closed off room with each other. We just weren't sure what all that meant. So a lot of those, well, actually all of those scheduled attempts got canceled, which made all the colleges say, you don't have to have your test score. Okay. And they've continued that over the last two years. Now, some have come back and said, now we, we are requiring test scores, but a lot have remained test optional, meaning you can give us your test scores or not. If you think your test scores will help you, show us, show them to us. But if you don't, it's not going to affect whether or not you get into college. Okay. So we, we, we won't worry about trying to get him in through another attempt or changing the test to the ACT instead of the SAT. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I just didn't know if it was worth stressing him out to try to test again. And uh, it probably wasn't going to make a big difference in his score. Yeah, I don't, I think at this point it's kind of late in the game because everybody I work with I try to get them to press submit on college applications by November 1st. Okay. Because that's one more technique for getting more scholarships. Okay. Right. No college is going to wait for some mythical, perfect ACT, perfect SAT person. They're going to take the best person who shows up first. <laughs> Got it. Because they also are trying to make projections. Okay, how am I going to pay people next year, build a new stadium? And they're doing some of that with tuitions. Okay. And monies from the government for the people who qualify. Got it. Okay, so uh, now, so I, I got his transcript in front of me. So, like I said, his weighted GPA was 2.9. He ranks 229 out of a, out of a class size, size of 463. And um, 
his math. You want to know what how he did in math? Um, well, I was asking, was he strong in math? Because you indicated that his learning disability was in the realm of reading, English, that sort of thing. Okay. Well, um, okay. So he got um, in algebra, looks like he got a, wait, I'm sorry. I just need a minute to understand this transcript. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, it can be confusing. It is confusing. I'm seeing like a, uh, like they don't have this great. Oh, he got a C in algebra two. Okay. He got a C in algebra two in the second, the second right. semester. But I think in the first semester he had a B. In geometry he had an A. But why does it say weighted GPA? Usually they only weight your GPA if you've taken honors or AP courses. That's what well, they, they have both unweighted and a and a weighted GPA, and it's both the same. It's, un, it's a, the unweighted GPA is two point nine, and, and so is the weighted. Now, yeah. as far as his class ranking, the unweighted class ranking is two hundred four. It's a little higher than the weighted. So. I don't understand. What you say the difference is? What is the difference between weighted and unweighted? So AP classes count more because they're harder. The advanced placement classes. Mm-hmm. Those are the high school classes that students can take. And at the end, there's a test. And if you make above a three, if three or above on the test, it can be used as college credit. So when people take AP Lit, AP Psychology, AP calculus, they can get high school credit, of course, and then they can take a test at the end and it can be college credit. Effectively making your degree cheaper because you pay for fewer classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because those classes are harder, they weight your GPA. So I don't know if you've ever met teens who are like, I have a (laughs) 4.6. And you're like, how does that, how does that work? (laughs) Yeah. That's how it works. what they're saying is is when they compare him with these people who've taken this harder class his rank drops lower okay oh okay yeah okay Mm -hmm. so his sat uh he scored a little bit higher in math than than in writing but they were pretty much you know very close in score in writing Mm -hmm. it was a 360 in math it was a 380 so his total score was 740 Mm mm-hmm Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll stay with schools that don't require test scores. Um so you guys want him to have a traditional like sleepaway experience. Is that what he's interested in as well? He's really not he really doesn't want to go away. So okay. I did ask him if I said, Hey, what about colleges here? that where you can have your own place and you're not far away from home, like you have a car or anything like that, would you be interested in that? So I, I gave him an example, like Governor State and how Governor State has a dorm, but it's not far away. It's like 20 or 30 minutes away from home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he can still kind of sort of have that college experience. So he said he's open to that, but he hasn't really had any type of college experience right yet like he 
So we, we're hoping that going on some of these college tours will give him. I was just going to suggest that. Yeah. Some, some, because yeah, some... I really think that uh, he has a fear because he's been so sheltered. So I think he just has a fear of stepping out. He has a fear of growing up. You know, all of a sudden now he's growing up, getting ready to get out of high school. So he yeah. feel like, like it's happening too fast. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just a fear, you know, and uh, he just hasn't been away from home and away from his family. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I always encourage people to do the tours at the schools that are very close to kind of dip your toe in so if he and his dad went to chicago state for example Mm -hmm. uh you may not be considering that school but it's predominantly black they're going to be excited to see him (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's going to be a wholly positive experience yeah it's going to be good looking girls there Mm -hmm. all (laughs) that stuff that sells it to boys yeah so um that 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 would be a good place for him and his dad to have a tour. Go on the website, book the tour through the school, so you get a real authentic shown around, and then talk about you know what's offered there and how you could, what kind of living, what kind of career you could make while you are plotting your you know entree into the fashion world or your entrepreneurialism, or they might have business and entrepreneurship there. Yeah. You know, those are business focuses, business degree focuses now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like you can do business accounting, business marketing. They have entrepreneurship at a lot of schools now. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So with, with somebody that has the um, profile that my nephew has, you know, are there scholarships available for him? Yes, there are lots of scholarships that don't ask for GPA. But what he's not going to be able to get away from is writing essays. (laughs) And that's another reason why families find what I do valuable. I'm Dr. Redmond because I have a PhD in English and I'm an English nerd and I focus on helping people with the writing. Okay. Did okay. you fill out the FAFSA? We're doing that. We got that checklist. Okay. So we need we need someone that's specifically focused on, okay, here's some scholarships that uh, are worth applying for. Okay. And, so every and week then, what he and I would do is complete scholarships and begin scholarships. Basically, just keep it rolling. Focusing okay. on rolling. Strictly scholarships. Just yeah. strictly scholarships. Yes, that's fine. And that will still that will still be 149 because we still got to, you know, when the scholarship says, well, this is a twenty five hundred dollar scholarship for kids interested in digital design. And, you know, you have to turn in a drawing or write an essay about a time you failed and what you learned from it. Like then I would be the scholarship person. Yeah. Okay. And I could definitely, you know, find items that he could win okay and so, so you would be the one that were writing for him or would he be the one that writes the essay well no i don't write it for them <laughs> but i give a lot of input so i like to make it feel collaborative even if someone is a weaker writer and one of the ways that i do that is i talk them 
through their ideas and I take notes. I'm, I'm a fast typist and I write down what they say. So for instance, that what I just said, the prompt of tell me about a time you failed and what you learned from it. So he might say, well, I remember I tried out for, you know, soccer or something. I, I, or I, I wasn't the fastest on the track team, whatever it was. And as he's talking to me about it, I'm typing what he said. And then I say, well, let's review what you said. You said when I was in third grade, something, 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 something. Okay, all we need to do, let's take that and make that the body. We're going to take this part and make it the intro. And now all we need is a conclusion. So that's the way I kind of work with the, the weaker writers by transcribing their own. Because they can write, but they've probably been so shamed about their writing that they can't freely do it anymore. They're in their head thinking, oh, everything I say has to be perfect, has to be publishable. So over time, usually over several weeks, I get them to the point where they realize, oh, okay, Dr. Redman really does want you to spitball. She really does want you to just brainstorm. And we really do get this essay written by the end of this meeting. Like it actually happens. Okay. So then it sounds like you and the student are writing the essay together, but you're putting it in a in a format that is conducive to what the college will want. So is he submitting it or are you submitting? Like, how does that work? Well, some of both. When we first start off, most of the kids are kind of shaky in their kind of aggressiveness with the whole submitting. So let me see if I can show you. I'm trying to think of, I can't think of anything that I could pull up right now. But if you have a scholarship, usually you make a username and password. They have to have a professional Gmail address. And then, of course, the, the platform sends an email to their Gmail address and says, is this really you? Are you a bot? And they say, no, I'm not a bot. Then they get into the platform. And usually it has these uh, fields that are blanks where you can either type in your essay or copy and paste your essay. Sometimes it'll have an upload link where it says, this is where we want you to upload your transcript. Like I was glad that Yolanda had a copy of his transcript. Um, And, you know, like I said, maybe over the first couple of weeks, He'll see, oh, okay, you just upload it, attach it, and then press submit. So after a couple of weeks, it'll get to the point where he'll be doing some in between the time we meet and we'll be working on some things when we meet. Because what we want to do is, is get to a rolling kind of boil with the scholarships where you're applying for two to three every week. Okay. And also with the writing, you reach a tipping point where you've written enough to where you don't have to write more. Once you have about six responses, you can start just changing the beginning. <laughs> you can start reusing things. Mm -hmm. And then it really becomes a lot faster. So that's pretty typical when you work with the students. They're, they're putting out about two or three applications a week. After about the first three weeks, it gets up to that because it does take a moment. So, you know, so, they don't know me. 
you know, <laughs> just kind of like this woman is really aggressive. Like she really did say, just write it. <laughs> so it takes some. Sometimes it takes a couple of meetings for them to be like, okay, she's gonna show up every week like this. <laughs> do you um? So in the in a month's period, do you like present a uh, uh, a certain number of scholarship opportunities to the students each month? Is it like okay, I'm gonna present you with 50 scholarships a month. Um, and it's going to be up to you for how many of these you get done. And, you know, because I'm going to work with you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with you once a week. We'll, we'll get we'll get one done or two done, you know, in our sessions. But however many you get done in between is, up, you know, depending on how fast you work. So do you, do you present a certain number of opportunities a month that the students can apply to? That's a good question. So I have something called the Debt-Free Degree Blueprint, which is a series of 12 steps designed to get you into college debt-free. One of the steps is to sign up for scholarship platforms, CapEx, Unigo, whatever your local platform is there in the Chicagoland area, um, and so forth. So those scholarship platforms have thousands of scholarships. So it is true that, you know, I mean, they're only limited by how much time they spend on it. So they do have access to thousands of scholarships. In addition, I send out three scholarships every Monday. And when you join my community, it gets you be inside of private um, website and a Google Classroom that also has banks of scholarships. So yes, they do have access to many, many, <laughs> many, many scholarships. You say you send out three scholarship opportunities to the student every Monday? Yeah, every Monday. So it's three scholarship opportunities that's tailored that you think is a good fit for that particular student? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you say you also give them access to a scholarship platform? Yeah, so the scholarship platforms are, are accessible by anybody out there in the world. Um, one of the things that's valuable about my service is, I guess you could sit down and figure all this out by yourself, but it's a lot. So what I've done is I have structured it in an orderly way so that if you do these things in this order, you will get into college and do it debt-free. So the scholarship platforms, they're probably on his social media right now uh, advertising to him, saying join Unigo, join bold.org, download the Scholly app. There are all kinds of them. Um, There's a brilliant man who created the common black college application you can apply to 62 black colleges on one spot for only 20 dollars he's doing the lord's work (laughs) um so you know the items like that are the things that i obsess about and i've and i've put together in documents and lists and i you know send out and do live videos about but yeah he'll He'll get scholarships weekly that are tailored. He'll have access to to thousands of scholarships on the internet and inside my private website and Google Classroom. 
there won't be any dearth of scholarships that he could apply to. And then your meetings with him once, is it once a week? How, how long is that meeting for once a week? It's usually just an hour, you know, between the working, the activities, and just needing to rest after school and everything. I can get a lot done in an hour once a week, though. Oh, and he's and he makes the appointments. So if you join, you'll get an email um, that, you know, kind of outlines where you should go, what you should do. And and it'll have a link to schedule your my first actual meeting with him, which you guys can be there, too. And during that first meeting, I would um, get a scholarship questionnaire so I know how best to search for him and how to help him search. Uh, we overview the debt-free degree blueprint, and then we start something called the next steps document, where we talk about what we did and what we're going to do. And there's a link on the document where he schedules the next appointment because he knows his week schedule. He knows when he's not working, doesn't have an activity, you know, whatever's best for him. I meet, with, we're all in central time zone. So I meet with students at 3, 4, 5, and 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Would any of those times work for him? Yep. Sure would. And then it would just be him and you in the meeting. Just um, me and him. Okay. And then you said after after the first three weeks, in in your weekly sessions with him, he'll 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 he will be pushing out two to three scholarship applications a week in his mm -hmm. session, in his sessions along with you. Yeah. College bound parent. I know you're stressed, wondering how you're going to pay for college. And I just wanted to break in briefly to let you know that the doors to the how to find scholarships parent Academy are now open. You can get the help you need for an affordable investment Go to howtofindscholarships.info today. Are you a busy parent of a college-bound teen and you're worried about how you're going to afford college? Well, look no further. You can go to howtofindscholarships.info and join my free email list. There you'll get tips, tools, and strategies delivered to your inbox each week that will help you get your kid into college and debt-free. That's howtofindscholarships.info.